The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Buzz Lightyear. one more for the season it's crafting and drafting your one-stop shop for everything drafting or crafting which drafting is more important than crafting nowadays because to be honest guys i think this is uh at least the only diehard well i mean (laughs) craft bourbon become a thing because i'm much more on a bourbon kick uh tonight i'm drinking from some some 1792 uh, which is so named because that's the year that um let's see here you were born in honor of the year Kentucky joined the United States, which nice. is what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna make sure I hit so from seven and three to small two one no. oh yeah that's decent that was that wasn't bad not could have been better yeah you I got don't a four the, mile well you don't have the up close mic it's true. Here we Elegini go. The IPA, four mile, seven two. Uh, that's a classic right there. I got oh, the Hawk Paul, the eighth two o. Yeah, you do. Getting the gallon jug. It's like, <laughs> all right, press one sip. Everybody knows the rules. <laughs> well, like I said, we're back for one more episode this season. We are wrapping on season three of Crafting and Drafting. Um, down Ryan this week as he is dealing with a some storm nonsense because he lives down there in Texas. Uh, for now, um, he will be actually by the time we start recording again, he will be back up north where he belongs. Um, uh, maybe we'll be able to do some studio stuff with him, but either way, uh, Ryan's got some stuff going on. So, anyone down there in Texas, we got some good friends down there. Hope you all stay safe during this uh, summer here because we know how crazy weather can get down there for you guys. Are they worried about tornadoes? Yeah, tornadoes. And uh, oh. see, I mean, this isn't going to be relevant because we released two weeks after recording, but Red Rocks just had like a massive hailstorm. Like over yeah. people were getting pelted with these these giant, they, they were almost baseball size hailstones uh at red rocks if you know about that place in colorado nature's trying to level the playing field i know right take us out one at a time <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds like yeah it's crazy uh but yeah so no rye but we got alex and he's drinking an ipa good man I mean, we got matt and he's uh staying hydrated as always and of course i'm here sipping on my bourbon so tonight uh, gave Alex the chance to wrap up the season here with the topic because I felt like with him missing a few episodes, I felt like he just was disconnected. And I wanted his influence, his thumbprint 
on the and we wrap up the season with him being a full time host with us. So I thought this was a perfect way to end it. So Alex, tell the folks what we're drafting today. We are gonna go after movies that didn't really hit at the box office right away, but had a massive I don't know where that word came from. Man, massive. Um, turnaround <laughs> after they hit DVD and then gives it more of a cult following. So cult movie classics is what we're drafting. Cult movie classics. And some of them now, they you say DVD, I even think like some of these. VHS. VHS. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, VHS for sure. My mentality with it, and I guess we all have our different perspectives of what a cult classic movie is. I think that's a pretty accurate one. I also looked at it, too, and I hope it's okay with you guys, with a, a, a film with it's like a kind of a throwaway film, like low budget that did really, really well. Mm-hmm. I, it's up to you guys if you want to go through it like that. But that was definitely one of the perspectives that I had. Um, when it came to cult classics, because we know that they throw a lot of just crap movies out there, just throw them to the wolves and uh, and, and hope that they do the best. So there's there's a couple that I'm hoping to draft that, that kind of have that, you know, approach in mind um, for them. If, if again, if you guys agree on that philosophy of being a cult classic, it, it it's a term. Cult classic is a term I think that can it varies from person to person. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it's because it's not genre specific. We're gonna hit all sorts of different genres. We know that uh that's a fun word to say, genre. Um we're gonna be hitting all sorts of stuff. Henry falls out of falls out of like thin air in a lot of ways of just like movies that we all look at now where we love them and we don't understand how they never would have been famous, would never have been hits, would never have been favorites of anybody's. It's crazy to think about as we get through some of these movies, just like which ones you know, we we believe are sticking around and why that's the other reason too. Just like, why is this movie now a cult classic? There's either one of you can draft it, but it's like the original. And I just like, every time I hear about this movie, I get mad. So we'll see if either one of you draft it. If not, I'll bring it up at the end of the episode. I hope one of us does bring it up because I want you to jump right the fuck in. Okay. Well, it might happen. Might happen. I won't be from <laughs> me. Will not be from me. So without further ado, let's do our randomized draft order here. And we got Matt at one. Yes. Nope. <laughs> now I'm at one. And here comes the third time. Oh. Sorry, you know this is always three times. I I normally announce who's on top each time. Concussions. And Matt, you're back on top anyways. All right. Matt, with the first pick, I have the second pick. Alex will be the turn, the one to two. Mr. Irrelevant. Yes. So, Matt, you have the honors. My bad. I have the honor. Okay, so we're doing seven rounds, correct? Let's do seven. Good old seven. All right. So this one, I was actually really, really hoping uh, that I was going to get the first pick or at least the first crack at this, be able to get this one. Uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite cult classic movies of all time. It has been converted into a video game. Um, 
It is also has a lot of very, very iconic lines. I'm going to go with 1979's The Warriors as my number one. Uh, I didn't see this movie until after I played the video game. Didn't see the movie until after I played the video game. The video game is tremendous. One of the best video games I've ever played. I've repeatedly beaten over and over and over and over again. Um, I wish they remake it, but we're not talking about the video game. We're talking about the movie. Which, uh, which is rather, I think it's really exciting, and I think it captures the spirit of, in my opinion, the seventies. Just, just very gritty, um, dark, and I, I, so, you know, just so much to it. I like the, you know, the the different gangs, the different, and they all had different gimmicks. Some of them look very goofy. just the overall story, I really, really enjoyed. Um, just Can a little tidbit here. Yeah, Warriors, come out and play. Oh, it's so good. Four million dollar budget, and it only earned twenty two and a half million at the box office. I'm not sure if that's you know equates for inflation um, or whatnot, but um, but yeah, three and a half million uh, in its first weekend, which is like that's like real low when by today's standards. But uh, it was very controversial because actually a lot of movie theaters wouldn't play it at their respective theaters because of gangs coming in and gang violence. So it got pulled early from a lot of theaters, and its yeah. popularity grew through VHS, DVD, and and later on digital stuff. So The Warriors, easy choice for number one for me. Right on. Is the video game a side scroller beat 'em up like Double Dragon? No, they have, there's a mini game. There's a mini game within the game that has a three like a three dimensional side scrolling beat 'em up. Okay, but this I'm trying to think of a comparison. It's like uh, I, I'm not gonna say it's like Grand Theft Auto. Um, you ever play Manhunt? Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like that. Um, with stages, various missions. There is some open world element to it, but it's not as vast as a Grand Theft Auto or something. So, okay. Um, you so you never played it? No. Oh, definitely don't play it in front of the kids. But Brian, I think you'd really, I think you'd really like this game. Oh, I think on. it still holds up well. Red Dead Revolver. Uh, this might be a little bit worse in the language department. It might be a little bit worse. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I'll do a hot start here. Um, this movie came out in 1999. Don't uh, you fucking do it. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm before you. It's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> this movie barely even got finished being made because apparently the director is a huge asshole and really hard to work with and the Duffy, don't be afraid of the name <laughs> the producers did not even want to fil- finish filming it but they already had so much money put into it they just said whatever we'll let them finish this pet project here so the movie is boondock saints um obviously you know if you haven't seen it it's norman reedus it's John Patrick Flannery, it's Willem Dafoe, and the late great, or is he still kicking? Is is Bill Connolly still? Is I there believe a he's still alive. I think he's still kicking. But uh, Matt Stats, help us out. 
Yeah, <laughs> he's hot. Who is it? I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm navigating. Who is Billy it? Connolly. B- Billy Connolly. Sir William Connolly, he's still alive. Okay. Yes. Oh, he looks like shit. Oh, oh. that's 2012. He might be all right. No, wait, he might be worse. <laughs> yeah, he would probably be worse. He was born November 24th, 1942. Dang. My man's still kicking. Love it. The big well, Duce. If you haven't seen this movie, basically it's just a dude's vigilantism to a wet dream. Like like you action film on top of action film, but like some of the best comedy in an action film. And really, I, I mean I don't even know. Like it's so good that I don't think I can ever overhype it because I was told how good it was by my wife. Yes, that's right. My wife saw it long before I did. And so <laughs> we found out that it was coming out re-released into theaters. And my buddy worked at the edge at the time and he got us some passes. So we went to the theater. It was like a one night only kind of deal. And they gave out too many freaking passes and it was sold out without even being able to be sold uh by the time we got there so i didn't actually get to see it the first time i attempted to uh i do believe within that week though we uh someone got a hold of the the dvd and i watched it for the first time so boondock saints about two brothers living in boston who get the righteous touch of god and decide they need to take vengeance on all the scum that lives in boston it's awesome well, that to the neighborhood, I'm surprised you got outside. a call. <laughs> oh, <laughs> basically, your rule of thumb here is uh, rule of thumb. Perhaps it should have been rule of wrist. <laughs> Sorry, me and Alex can go like line for line, like the whole. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I can't believe that just fucking happened. Yeah, I shot. Is it dead? Yeah, you dumb druggy bitch. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, it's so quotable, so fucking quotable. You'll love it, man. It's it's off the chain. It's it's awesome. And they made a sequel. It was okay. I do enjoy it. It's okay. I didn't hate it, hate it, but it's for a decade time, later it holds up. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised anyone gave them the reins to do another directing gig. But uh They're I'm sure you're just glad yeah. dragging his feet. Yeah. I'm sure you're just glad Alex said it was drafted. Would you have taken it right here if I had not? Without a doubt. 100%. Okay. That was my number one. It's, but, it's it's the one that I think of when I think of call classics. Yeah. Oh, there's... there's they didn't uh, do shit in the box office. There's a very, very <laughs> large amount. Yeah, it was 30000 in the box office and $50 million in sales after the fact. Like, That's figure the, that out. Underappreciated. Yes. Still, I bet a lot of people have not seen it. It's still, like you know, very. I haven't. Still, see. That's where see. That's where the following comes in. The the cult following, like. Oh yeah, and we're diehards. We just watched it a couple of weekends ago. That a boy. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the color off for this movie in '94. Kevin Smith. Oh, good. Jason Mewes, Clerks. Great pick. For someone to have the balls to make a movie in 94 when color was still a very large thing. Um, for as far as you, you know, consoles and everything to pull that off and make it work with his humor and just the shot angles, everything. 
it puts you in that gas station. And then you got to deal with all their bullshit, which is great. So, yeah, clerks, without a doubt. You can't go wrong with Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes. You can't. Dude, it's so fucking funny. And if you continue watching the movies, all the tie-ins are phenomenal. So if you've seen Mallrats, you know that they talk about having to go to a funeral for a girl. Mm -hmm. In Clerks, they go to that (laughs) funeral and do something so heinous that I won't bother bringing it up right now. Yeah, I don't. Um, you just need to watch it. Matt, have you seen Clerks? I have. It's been a very, very long time, but I can, I can definitely, I can definitely attest to have seen it. Have, yeah, having seen it. So okay, good, good, good. Because it's got one of the best Star Wars analogies ever. <laughs> yeah, in a film where he's complaining about how in Return of the Jedi's bullshit that the rebels went out there and blew the, the half built thing because you know, those are just private contractors. Those are just dads trying to get food on the table to feed their kids. The first one's justifiable, nothing but bad guys. I get that, but you come out and you blow up the one that's <laughs> under construction. And then this guy chimes in behind him. Who's a construction worker. He says, yeah, I know this guy one time he, he, he took a job that I had turned down because it was supposedly for this mob guy. And while he was there, he got whacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. And then the, the fact that, you know, Kevin Smith created a whole universe, you know, in his head, like knowing. Like, and it's just it's all interconnected. It's amazing. Yeah. Great choice, dude. All right. To follow that one up, I'm torn out which direction I want to go. You ever just hate a copier or a printer? <laughs> just yeah. absolutely want to destroy one? Yeah. Well, that's what they do in office space. There's nothing more grueling. Like, you can not be in that line of work and feel everything that dude feels in the movie. Based on current job or past job, whatever. This is a good one. Um, and the dude that played, what, Oswald and Drew Carey show in there? I can't think yeah. of his name right now. I never can remember actors' names, but uh, mm-hmm. his 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 name in the movie is Lloyd. No, yeah, Wait, is it? Yep. I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to like hear it in my head right now when he yells through the walls. Hey, Peter, turn to channel nine. <laughs> Press exam. <laughs> and dude just doesn't bother coming around. Like, yeah. It's just on the other side of the wall. Just come over. <laughs> Can you pretend that we can't hear each other through the walls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it, the fact that it didn't, it wasn't a smash hit out the gate is kind of hard to believe right now just because, like, how right. cool it is, how many amazing characters are in that. Just... Dude, it had Michael Bolton. <laughs> not the real Michael Bolton. <laughs> I don't see what, why don't you just change your name to Mike? Why should I change my name? He's the one that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best movie montage tracks when they're beating up the copier slash printer. Yeah. What well, damn it feels good to be a gangster. 
That's like obscurely the perfect touch. And I lo- even the scene like in the beginning when he's sitting in traffic and he's he's just rapping along to the song and then mm-hmm. the dude comes by begging for change. And it's a black dude. So then he puts on the radio. He rolls up his windows until he goes by and then he rolls it back down and like, turns it back up again. <laughs> uh, he's such a nerdy geek. It's so funny. <laughs> Dang. Back to back bangers. I like that you went the the comedy route here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that'll change. Don't worry. Okay. I I, well, I don't know if I. It's gonna be thinking that maybe I need to swoop it and take one from that category, but whatever. I'll 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 stay on track here. Great back to back picks. I I could quote both those movies all day long. Yes. Um, I can quote this one. In fact, I love it so much that when I'm you know was. That in my uh, search for books to listen to, and I needed something to change up the pace because Matt knows, like Star Wars, I'm li- going to listen to them all day. Check out our airing of Grievous's podcast, once mm-hmm. a month Star Wars fan podcast. We love doing it. Um, so I listen to my Star Wars books; they're great. I listen to my history books, which me and Matt jam on all the time. I love those, but I had to have something that broke it up. So I went out and I got Beer and Loathing in Las Vegas. From Hunter S. Thompson, this movie with Johnny Depp, Benicio Del Toro, is one of the most batshit, yes, I get the pun, haha, but it is, batshit <laughs> movies, stories of all time. If even 10% of it is true, good lord, that guy was Dude, amazing. The first time you watch through... You get to the end, and I, I have to watch this again to start to fucking understand. Right. What's real and what's That's not. It's a trippy movie. Yeah. I ask everybody that watches with me, especially ones that watch it for the first time, there is a uh, a glimpse of an angel, a dude in an angel costume with a flaming sword on the side of the road. And I pause it, and I say, right now, pop quiz, asshole. Is that person real in the movie? Or is that in his? The book doesn't tell me. Not brought up in the in the book at all. So I was hoping that was going to be in there. It's not. So still to this day, I have no clue if that's just them seeing that, and because they're seeing it, we're seeing it. Because there's a lot of that, but there's also some things that are actually happening that they see that we also see. Mm -hmm. It's. It was a one of a kind movie. I saw it when I was deep into. Oh man, hippie culture. I love, drugs are cool. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I, I was a stupid teenager who thought drugs were cool. They're really not that cool. Uh, but what is cool is Johnny Depp in his prime, and he crushes that role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one other movie, the Where the Buffalo Roam, where Bill Murray plays Hunter S. Thompson, and it's like completely different. Uh, the story is obviously different because it's a it's a different book to taking it from, but. So the betrayal of Hunter S. Thompson by Johnny Depp is insane. And then, you know, Benicio Del Toro's, it's probably his best role. I know, man, you're shocked, you know, compared to episode eight. You were thinking, I would say episode eight, best role. But uh, it's not. It's not. It's uh, it's actually in uh, Fear and Loathing. You know how bad my thinker is that that didn't even cross my mind and put on paper? What do you mean? That was a good pick. 
<laughs> oh, from my pick there. I thought you meant yeah. the BGP Gio Del Toro not being in Star Wars. I was going to say, you're not the first to forget that he was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, and all the thinking I was doing and like researching that just did not pop up and I didn't think about it. It's, it's not, it, once again, like these, the all these movies are not movies that like I don't understand. Like, Matt's, I understand just a touch just because of the actual social implications that the Warriors was actually having at the time, I get how movie theaters would be in a rush to like end it. Like it clearly was popular. You know what I mean? It clearly was yeah. a hit to begin with, but it was just, yeah. like, it got yanked way too early. So, but there, these other ones, it's like, I don't get it, man. Like I get like clerks. He was like a first time director and he didn't get a lot of pub and, Miramax was the studio for that. I want to say not a huge studio. You know what I mean? So not a, not a lot of distribution there. But like office space had like pretty big actors. They're not like superstars, mega stars, but like, I don't know. Like what's her face there uh, from friends was in it. I mean, come on. I mean, even that is enough to pull in a few million people. You think, right. Come on, what's her name? Blonde chick. Jennifer Aniston. Aniston, yeah. yeah. No, no, I won. Wow. I just, like, my brain vapor locked. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, hopefully Matt's brain is not vapor locked because it's his pick now. Two picks for me. I, I get two picks in a row. Yes, I do. Uh, let us go with... Uh, all right, I'll go with this one. So I actually just watched this one over at Brian's house last year. Around this time, I think it was around this time, stayed over the night and uh, got all up in my feelings watching this classic. Uh, we're going to go with The Sandlot Oh shit. Is my next one. Good pick. Going with The Great. Sandlot. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Sandlot's a fun one because I don't remember it coming out to theaters. I think I was too young for it. Let me see when it came out. 1993, yeah, I was I was two. Um, not even yet when it came out. But I remember just one day just being conscious, like four or five years old, and the Sandlot VHS was there. <laughs> so um, $7 million budget. And it took in thirty four point three million at the box office. So, um, gotta go with that one. I really did. I I love it. I've discussed it many a time. Uh, it's a great coming of age movie. I think uh, those awkward years of being a uh, a preteen, a teenager, trying to find your way to fit in, and it deals with so much, uh, you know, throughout. So, Sandlot is an easy no brainer. You're there. killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. You ever? What was it? The dude who plays him went up to a kid with that shirt on, and he yeah. had no idea that it was him or what uh, yeah, he was that. from. That was, that was funny as hell. He still <laughs> he does a lot of like his own parodies. You know how they'll do like that photo from way back when, but they'll pose modern and then flip it to that photo. Yeah, he's done the point. I don't know how many times. Yeah, he's great. He's great. It's he just disappeared. Like he's obviously around, but as far as acting and stuff goes, he just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, okay. So my next one on the swing back, I'm gonna go 
with uh this is tough already is yeah this is challenging because like there's literally everything can be i think described as a cult classic again i'm trying to find what the best ones are yeah Um, the definition's a little askew but we get so far we've got a pretty good grasp on it i think i think so too here i'll go with another one that came out around that time Uh, i'm gonna go with uh hocus pocus Oh shit! Yeah, Oof. I'm gonna go with Hocus Pocus, which was one that bombed at the box office. They released, uh, I think this also came out in '93. Let me get the, uh, let me get the page up here. Yep, came out in summer of '93. Actually, did an episode on it. It had a budget of 28 million, only brought in 45.4 million. They released it in July, which is not great for a Halloween movie. It did way better in DV- in VHS sales um that year but that's another one where we're just one day just oh shoot we have this um pretty cool but great year for movies uh but hocus yeah. pocus initially just did not fit in with the 90 1993 slate so um but yeah this is a really good one people idolize it people worship it uh they just the second one's do, not too bad i haven't seen the second one yet my wife did um but Listen, people don't call for a sequel, you know, and for years, right? I think it was it would have been almost thirty years uh, in between yeah. films uh, that they dropped this. So really, really cool. Uh, that's how you know it hit cult status. So that would mm-hmm. be uh, that'll be my my third pick. Right on. Yeah, they're lucky that like Bet Miller, Bet Miller didn't die. <laughs> they waited a long time to do that. Oh yeah, and she still looks and sounds the same. It's amazing. Yeah. She's she's sexy. I mean, if you don't age, <laughs> she never did it for me. Mm-mm. Sorry, guys. In fact, they reversed age during the first movie. Why? What do you mean? Taking the souls of the kids. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were trying to tell me that, like, in, like in Golden Girls, where the 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 mom was actually the youngest, the youngest actress on the yeah. Uh, I, so Alex gets two picks after me, so I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get one of oh, those game planning. Well, I'm trying to yeah. see if I can get one of the two back. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to see, are you a back? Fan Which one did I take? Well, I'm just saying. I'm I'm wondering if I can get one <laughs> back. On the swing back to me after you oh, get. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll just like, take one that I believe is one of the true definitions of a cult classic. I'll take Army of Darkness. Yep. Uh, 1992, this beast came out. For whatever reason, if you're a metal fan, death metal fan, you eventually are at a party with a bunch of your metal heads where you're getting drunk and someone throws this movie on. Mm-hmm. We still have the music blasting. Music, just the only thing you can hear is whatever we're playing on the radio. But this is on the TV and just loud enough that everyone can see what's seen and go, oh, shah, shah, shah. And you turn it down so you can hear, you know, all the amazing lines in this because it's just an epic freaking movie it's just like so over the top i mean the dude's got a chainsaw for an arm i'm like what do you want you know what i mean like (laughs) 
Army of Darkness obviously spawned like a phenomenal run of movies, uh, 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 apparently a phenomenal TV series, which I haven't got into at all. Uh, it's hard to fit in. You didn't either, Alex? No. No, I heard it's pretty good, though. Um, and then um, by our friend Micah, Matt, uh, supposedly, if you meet the dude, Bruce, supposedly he's a fucking great guy to meet. He's like super really happy. Really down to earth, yeah. He always that's, loves meeting yeah, that's what I've heard. Like He devotes so much time to him, and I just love that because like it, it kind of comes out in the character. It was like, this guy's like super cool, and like you want to root for him so bad, and I don't know. I always thought the movie was epic. And the fact that it was such a bleh in the movie theaters that people were like, what is this crap? And then the rest mm-hmm. of us were like, it's like kind of bad, but like really good, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. It's like a B movie that we all end up just loving to death. So, Army of Darkness for me. Very good. He ended up being one of my favorite characters in a show called Burn Notice. Okay, I know this Which movie. Is pretty uh, solid. Oh, I heard of Burno. I forgot about that show. If you haven't gotten into it, do so. It's really good. Okay. Probably been about a decade since I've watched something. Maybe less. I don't know. So many ways to go. Yeah. This guy just wants his rug back. There's a very famous actor at the tail end of it, kind of giving you... Don't drink too many white Russians. What goes on with the dude later on, but uh, that man goes by the name of Sam Elliott. Um, Jeff Bridges, Big Lebowski. Awesome. I mean, it's huge now, right? Dude, yeah. Buscemi, um, what's the other dude's name? Um, John Goodman. John Goodman. Yep. Those three together. Fucking Donnie just catches all the shit. Yeah. What the fuck does this do Vietnam, Donnie? <laughs> Dude, fucking Flea is in that. Yeah. Flea's in uh, How for- awesome is that? Flea's, yeah. Flea's been drafted in two movies so far. <laughs> all right. So... That's a huge banger, dude. You may have just that's that's actually probably the biggest uh cult following, I think. People go nuts. Just, just like another one that may get mentioned eventually. I don't know. But like people like devote like weekends to like this movie. They mm-hmm. have there's like a certain town I want to say like maybe in Ohio that dedicates a whole weekend to it. That's awesome. Where everyone goes bowling and Everyone flocks to the movie theater and watches it like a, a marathon. I need to visit this town on that weekend. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I don't know which way to go after this one. I have so many, like, there's two I'm going to leave on the table intentionally just to see if they do get picked up. But Brian, while you're looking that up, I'm going to go ahead with my second. Columbiana, Ohio. Columbiana. Happened, happened April 20th. <laughs> 420. Uh, Perfect. 
the big Lebowski, the Le big, the big Lebrewski festival, they call it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. At road trip uh, next year. <laughs> All right. Now that the, uh, the dude has abided my pick, I'm going to take it to kind of a brain bender. It has to do essentially, I would say, with time travel in a way. But this guy is followed, somewhat haunted by a bunny. Okay. I'm going with Donnie Darko. Very good. I only saw another movie once. Another movie that takes like several watchings just to understand what the fuck is going on. I still don't think people do. No, I don't think so either. I just know that an engine falls off a plane and lands in a house. Yeah, through his room, I think. Or into his house. It's like beneath his room or something. I don't know. But I love the artwork it's inspired over the years. That's another good tell sign of, you know, a cult classic is artwork or anything along those natures that come along. Fan made. Yeah, absolutely. Fan made stuff, fan made films, fan made animation. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah, that's a huge one too. That's way up on most of these lists that I looked at ahead of time. <laughs> Actually, they came out with an S Darko, which is about his sister. Oh, okay. Which is also very tough to follow. Surprised you haven't. There's a certain movie that I thought was low hanging fruit for you that you have not taken, but maybe you knew that you could sneak a bias. Maybe. We'll see. Well, it depends on if you guess it right. Yeah, maybe. Well, I know for me, it is me, right? Sometimes I get these wrong and I skip ahead. Yeah, Yeah, you're okay. (laughs) Start a podcast about drafting. How hard could it be? (laughs) (laughs) I have two movies from the same director to to pick from here. I don't know which one to go with. I do know that I don't view either one of these as quote-unquote halt. Following movies, I I think that we all just appreciate how good of a director he is and story writer he is. Um, But I'll go with Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Tarantino, which I always consider to be his breakout movie. And it was not a big hit in the theaters. But he already had like a lot of respect in Hollywood where he was kind of established in a way that even if Reservoir Dogs wasn't a huge success, which it wasn't, he wasn't going to be like held back by that. Like a lot of people, you one shot at it, you blow it. Sorry, dude, that's it. The best you can do is go back to being a writer or going back to being a guy that like controls a camera or does the effects or whatever. Right. Tarantino rebounds totally from this, comes out, does nothing but bangers from here on out. Um, he's he's actually bought. If you look at the some of these lists, he's got the most movies, I would mm-hmm. say, on these lists. So, 
That's what I was thinking when I said, I'm wondering if I could get one of those two movies. Apparently, I could have got both, but obviously, I'm not drafting two movies here. Only one. So uh, I'm happy to get Reservoir Dogs. It's such a crazy movie. Um, what was that, I, early 80s? Uh, let's see here. Reservoir Dogs is 1992. That was in 92? 92. Uh, Feels older. You know, once again, the great Steve Buscemi is in there. He's one of my favorite characters in that. Right um, now, Buscemi Mr. is winning Mr. Brown. He's Yeah, he is. He's he's Mr. Brown, if you don't know, and he's not happy about it. Mr. No, Mr. Brown. Pink. Why did I say that? He's Mr. Pink. Why do I got to be Mr. Pink? <laughs> I've not seen that in a while, but I used to. I used to. That was like my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, and I was a snob about it. Ooh, <laughs> fiction. Ooh, <laughs> shut up. Definitely one. Definitely that one that belongs in this this draft for sure. Yeah, that one does. That's why that's that that's got to be mm-hmm. Matthew. Matthew. Okay. I was really excited. I completely forgot about this one for a minute. And then I was like, wait, this fits the context of this entire draft. In my opinion, I'm not going to do it in my opinion. This is my favorite. My favorite martial arts movie of all time. Yes. The most 80s. To me, it encapsulates the 80s perfectly. Kumite. Kumite. I'm going blood sport uh, for my number four. I fluff and love this movie. Hell it yeah, is bro. so good. The martial arts is great. John Claude Van Damme at his absolute peak. The the various characters, the you know the the you know Hong Kong and the music and uh, just everything about it. Absolutely adore it. Came out in 1988. Um, I don't want to see the budget isn't confirmed, but it's between 1.5 and 2.3 million and ended up earning 50 million. So, um, but it has become iconic. I I've seen it through, um, uh, you know, AMC, I have it on DVD. I'll rent it on, on YouTube. It doesn't matter. I, I, I love the hell out of blood sport. I really do. And the, the, yeah, the music in it is really great. The original music, is just it's fun it's it makes you want to beat the shit out of somebody now matt yes there's a an opportunity for you to let me down here on this next one if you don't oh, no. take it following this one i don't know oh mm. uh, i'm probably gonna end up disappointing you there's so many choices <laughs> i killed him do? i killed him <laughs> i won <laughs> Sorry, I can't let that go. No, it's cool. Um, and you referring to another. Just gotta say, yeah, that's true. Lazy eye and all. Um, (laughs) Now you're maybe maybe the other eye is an overachiever. We don't know. Is it another Jean Claude Van Damme movie? Uh, no. Okay, that's right. Let him down. I'll let you down. I'll let you down easily. All Gently. right. Gently. With a DJ in front. Gently. <laughs> All 
All right, so this one is probably the oldest movie I'm going to take on here. All right, I seen it uh, probably about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that, when uh, the, the glory days of Time Warner Cable and, uh, and, I don't know and if there were movies days. on demand. No, <laughs> when you weren't paying the bill, there was there was yeah. a glory period, that's for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a... This is an older movie. I, it came out in 1958. It's oh, it's shit. called The Blob. Oh. The original Blob. <laughs> yeah. They did make one in 1988 or 89. But uh, I... This is probably on nobody's radar, but I really, really love this movie. Um, you know, I, you, you get the whole vibe. You get the black and white. You just get the whole vibe, vibe of the 50s. Like, I, I would have loved to be there in a 1950s, you know, I, I don't know, Corvette or whatever the car. I don't know, cars. Go to the drive-in and seeing this, right? Would have loved it. $110,000 budget, $4 million at the box office. So, um, it's fun. It's fun. I like, I like the number of the year. <laughs> what, 1958? 58 is my favorite number. Is it really? Yeah. It's the year the Baltimore Colts won the NFL championship in the greatest game ever played against the New York oh. football giants. Oh, shit. It's not the greatest game ever played. 13 points. Wait, wait. no, the greatest game <laughs> ever played was a game that started at about three degrees in Orchard Park against New England very recently. <laughs> I was there. That was, was a great game. Same. <laughs> but not for I, the, I brought, not the I, brought a, I brought a sixer of Southern Tears. <laughs> I had one on the way to our tailgate spot. I started a second one. That one was starting to freeze in my hand. By the time I got done with that, I looked at the last four. They were blocks. <laughs> it was fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That was a oh, one game. other, one other number segue. So, 1958 is a song title by A Day to Remember that also starts off with the McManus Brother prayer. Oh, okay. So that's, that's cool. kind of a cool tie-in. It is okay. cool. Tie-in. Yeah, the the Blob, not Alfred Hitchcock. No, no. Okay, no. Uh, but... Directed by Irvin Yeworth. Okay. But like, kind of the same time period. I think I've seen it. I want to say I've seen it on like a Saturday with my dad. I used to watch a lot of old school movies with my pops on Saturday afternoons. Yeah, this is a. Yeah, it's 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 vintage. I I don't really know if you've seen the violence. I like it. It's been a little while since I've seen it, I guess, but I don't know if you've really seen the violence. You just kind of left it up to the imagination, which was cool, which was a Hitchcock, Hitchcock mm-hmm. uh, kind of approach to a lot of things. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the blob for this one. That's a good pick, dude. Thank it's, you. It's it set the precedent for um, the horror movie of being this ever increasing dread without like having a scary figure behind it right Bob wasn't this thing that inherently was scary other than you kept seeing people get eaten by it but like you didn't really know what was happening to them and but you knew they weren't good (laughs) you knew that much (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just that time period, man. I just, I, I adore it. Like it, it's to me, it's romanticized a little bit. Just the Mm. the good old days uh, in a sense. And, you know, just simpler times, I guess, for, for a lot of people. I mean, it took, it took a lot more to, it takes more to scare people now just because of like, what we choose to watch. And some people are like diehard horror films and whatnot. But yeah. like back then, like the horror, everything genre, was scary. Well, the horror genre back then was like, you know, vampires, werewolves, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. to come up with an idea like that was like really cool. No, it's for all too. Cause it like, it's like, yeah. you're right. Like crash, cra- uh, crash lands. And then this thing like comes out of it. Good stuff. The blob. So uh, there it is. This was five, right? There's the fifth. Yep, you started yep. the. Uh, so apparently, I, we want to just keep drafting as many movies within a certain time period here. So here comes okay. one from 1993, but the movie set in the 70s. I can sing two songs real quick and see if you guys get the hint. School's out for summer, and the other one is slow ride. Do 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 do. Dude, take it easy. Do 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 do. I let myself down. Ben Affleck's first film. Um, I don't know if there's any others that are really really worth bringing up. There's a few other actors you were like, oh shit, that dude was in it. Uh, Days and Confused. Yep. If you haven't seen this movie, watch it. It is hilarious. It's fun. It's another coming of age, but in a completely adult way. Be a lot um, cooler if you did. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is uh, he's got you know, right, <laughs> right, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Classic McConaughey style. Um, you know, I love high school girls. I keep getting older, and they stay the same age. Which is super creepy. All right, yeah, yeah. it's wrong. I remember one podcast. It had to have been crafting that you said that, and then you're like, if I don't finish what I said, it sounds wrong. <laughs> you're like i love high school girls and then we just talked over you <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe i was talking about this movie but uh it's such a fun movie yeah. you know it's at the height of the 70s where the, the the battle has been won over disco and you know kiss is an all-time high they paint up one of the statues the, mm-hmm. these two statues and the kiss makeup it's hilarious this uh kid who's really kind of like the star of it there's about like three people that like the story features and the really focuses on but like he gets hammered for the first time and they drop him like they, these guys like older you know, like seniors like take him under their wings and like look out for him the whole time they get him super smashed and probably smokes weed for the first time and they just like dump him out in his front lawn when the night's over which is like six o'clock in the morning and he crawls in his bed and he slams his headphones on. And it's just like, once again, just the soundtrack is epic. And that's really Dude. what makes this movie. It's, that, it's movie was such a, that movie was such a template for like so many things you see reoccur. Even if it's subtle, like a similarity or a parallel to it, it laid the groundwork for comedies moving forward. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It borrows from some others too, like the you know, yeah. like the the breakfast Breakfast Club, you know, like like kind of having like some clicks, kind of like hanging together and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. 
So yeah. And I, I can even I can even segue yours into my first one. I love it. So there's a character in this movie called Sweet Lou Singer. He is basically McConaughey's double in a way. He says the same sort of phrasing almost to a T. But he's accompanied by three of his buddies. They decide to quit their jobs, go cross country skateboarding. I'm talking about grind. Oh, grind. Nice. Great movie. It's not very widely known, but those who know, know. Um, soundtrack, Blindside's in there. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, I think Paul Rodriguez is the leader of like the douche gang of skaters that they are against and have the big epic battle with at the end. Um, a very sane Bam Margera was in that say that now because he's struggling (laughs) yeah this movie once i got it i couldn't turn it off it would sit and replay and replay and replay brian any history with that movie no i i it's a i'm adjacent to it because i wasn't a skater um it was very popular at that time so i know some people that watched it but no, it wasn't in my lexicon. Gotcha. Yeah, I can't say I have either, buddy. Sorry. No, that's all good. It just means you guys got homework. That's all. That's all. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm still leaving some big ones on the table. Kind of intentionally just to see if they do get drafted. It's kind of a an experiment of sorts. I'm going to go with a movie I've seen... Probably once and a half. It's been a long time. And it's not, this isn't the movie, but have you guys seen the live action Scooby? Like the first one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude that plays Shaggy, he's in 13 Ghosts, this, that, and the other, but SLC Punk has a very, very, almost like it has to be in this draft. Very big cult following. Gave you kind of the life of a punk. A little confusing at times, but it's been forever since I've seen it. Oh, yeah, Matthew Lilliard. I was was just trying to place his name. I was like, Matthew, what's his name? If Fritzy (laughs) was here, she would know right away. Swanks like a school. (laughs) But, yeah, those, those two, I... Know for a fact, probably wouldn't have been put on here if I didn't leave some stuff off and you guys weren't going after them. I'm pretty sure. So I wanted to make sure they got in there. No, not on my list. But once again, that's why it's your list and not my list. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Back I to am, you, Mr. Finch. I am more mainstream. Um, and I'm going to pick one that I think is extraordinarily mainstream. I'm going to go with, oh, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I'm going to go with the Lost Boys here. I consider Ooh. it to be a, a classic in the horror world, especially when talking about vampire movies. It's a cult classic in the way that I don't, I mean, I haven't, sorry, guys, I didn't do any history of like the background of these movies, but as far as I understand, it wasn't like a flop or anything like that. It's just that 
as like it ages really well like yeah. really like especially now that we live in the days of stranger things like this time period the 80s like this like and like the whole surfer kind of vibe going on in california out there like all of it really works it also has my favorite what the fuck moment in any movie that i love a hundred percent and i love this movie like a hundred percent and this scene doesn't work in it but i still love it all of a sudden they're on the beach and there's this super jacked slick back long ponytail dude playing a saxophone and this dude is ripped he's like a professional bodybuilder ripped and it's just it stops the movie where they're like wait what just happened I was I thought I thought we were worried about like vampires and getting abducted by these super cool vampires and all of a sudden there's this like <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger dude playing like the saxophone. It's super bizarre, but it works. Uh obviously, you know, it it's got um it, Yeah, that guy. No, I should know off the top of my head, but this is how my brain always works. And when I'm ready to talk about them, I just can't. Uh, on the spot blank out the goonies and he's in stand by me and he's super famous in the 80s mm. yeah, i'll click on it and i'll pull up and oh, feel stupid <laughs> tori haim god uh, yeah uh cory feldman oh no cory feldman is who i was thinking about cory haim is in it too who dies Far too early, unfortunately. Well, he had a huge drug problem because he was molested. Yeah, that'll fuck you up. Yeah, everyone knows this by now. Corey Feldman's talked about it at length, unfortunately. Uh, And the great Kiefer Sutherland, um, who plays um, the head vampire in a lot. I was going to say, pretty much the leader. Yeah, Michael. Lost Boys. Uh, to me, once again, another movie that I don't get it. Like, why it falls more under the cult classics? Because to me, like, it's a great movie. It's yeah. so well written. It's it's fun. It's 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 well paced. I don't know. Good actors in it. So. It hits every nail on the head for sure. Yeah, I showed my wife it, who had never seen it before. And so I grew up on it. So, like, obviously, I, I've got that tinge, that, like, you know, filter on it of just, like, mm-hmm. how I remember in nostalgia ways. She watches it brand new. She goes, that was a great movie. I'm like, see? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> More people should love this movie. Yes. I think everybody should love pretty much everything on this uh, draft so far. Oh, I yeah. think this has been a very good draft. Very, like, a little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, lots of spices. I took two horror films. That was not my plan, but hey, it happened. Yeah, here we are, <laughs> Matt. Um, you're wrapping up the draft. Final two. I am final two. Okay. Uh, I was gonna go with one, but I feel like it made too much money to to really fit in with this draft. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with one from. Uh, definitely my childhood. Maybe you guys seen this one, but it is getting a uh, a sequel. 
I had Paramount Plus in in uh, I don't know. Some, comes out sometimes this year, but I'm gonna go with Good Burger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Good Burger because it was just so dumb, but so good at the same time. Just welcome so to Good fun. Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? <laughs> yeah. Our good friend Shaquille O'Neal was in it. Forgot the tomatoes. <laughs> Or tomatoes, and he just pulled the tomatoes out of his pocket. Um, this is a, like '90s were like really good time for Nickelodeon, and this was kind of like the peak of it. Uh, I I I wouldn't say the peak, but you know what? It it, it kind of was. Um, this was really good. This wasn't quite SpongeBob time yet, but this is where when. It, when I think of '90s Nickelodeon, I think of Good Burger. I think of uh, all that, which I think stemmed from you know Good Burger stemmed from all oh, that. Yeah, yeah uh, really the Amanda Bynes, the Amanda Bynes show. Oh, there you go. Keenan uh, and Kale. Yeah, Keenan and Kale. I mean, just love orange soda. Kale does. I do. I do. Is I it, do. Is it, <laughs> is it true? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just such good, just such good stuff. And then for this to kind of get released and. uh be very again very very popular eight and a half million dollar budget 23.7 million dollar in the box office so wait um, they gave that movie a what budget eight point what eight point five million wow you didn't need eight point five million to make that movie <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it all went to Shaq it all went to the celebrities really say all the back and Kyle probably yeah Oh, I'm sure. I love that Kel. I love that Kel Thompson is is you know as big as he is now. Keenan Thompson. Oh, Keenan Thompson. Sorry, Keenan Thompson. Yeah, Kel's a skinny dude. Keenan's a big yeah. dude. Big and Kel's like super cool too. Like he's never yeah. not, he never got it quite as big, but he's like super supportive of like his friend. Like his, his popularity. He's 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 a he's still very popular despite kind of being out of the spotlight. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I think and a lot of that us could be watched, the cult following of it. Yeah, it's absolutely, true. that's true. Good point, Oaks. Um, but I think even a lot of us are just like watching, you know, Thompson on SNL. It's like you you saw it when you were a kid. You just knew, like, <laughs> like yeah, we knew we were watching a kid show that was like dumbed down version of SNL. But it's like you watch certain people on there. It's like he's the only one that I saw. I'm like, oh, I can totally see him. Just even yep. back then, and like you. Could, Pull him off of this show right now at age twelve or whatever, and put him on SNL. He's he's good to go. He's, he's so good. It has been actually really really fun to watch his career grow. Like it's yeah. like I feel I feel like I've grown up with him. Exactly. You know, just just the the some of the stuff he's he's been able to do, and he's been one of the best. I think one of the best yeah. SNL cast members of the last decade. I would dare so say he's been one of the most consistent ones. He's got my he, favorite sketches. He He's does got the eat. one with with Tom Hanks where they're going oh. the black culture. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, so one good. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> so like, out of I love dumb funny, and him as Pierre Escargo. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't get any better than that for all that. Yeah. Like, just rambling, rambling on random stuff that sounds French and then translating for you. He's great. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, he's While sitting in the tub with his rubber ducky, his yellow rain jacket on. Yeah, <laughs> this is my favorite pick right now, Matt. 
all you the, like yeah, this one? Oh, all the nostalgia bubbles just like pop into my head. I'm like, oh my god, remember when he did oh, this? It's like fucking pop up video. Pop up video. <laughs> I used to love that too. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. And my last one I'm gonna go with. I don't know if you guys you guys probably well, I don't know if you you've seen it. I'm not gonna assume that you did or didn't. Uh it's called Foxcatcher. No, never right. heard of it. It's uh it's 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 a wrestling movie. Uh, oh, okay. Now, now, now you say that. I haven't seen it, but I've heard you guys talk about it before. Yes, I really, really enjoyed this one. Roddy Piper's I did... in it? Pardon me? Is Roddy Piper in it? No. Who's no. in it that's famous? Uh, Steve Carell, Mark Ruffalo, and Channing Tatum are the, the leads. Oh, I thought one of the fam- uh, famous wrestlers showed up in it. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. No. Kurt, there's like, oh no, he wasn't even in the movie. Um, so it's about the uh, the Olympics and this this team Foxcatcher, which is run by this guy named John Dupont. It's a true story. Uh, it happened, but he got his he wanted to support uh, Olympic wrestling, and he paid a lot of money to Olympic wrestlers who uh, there was no money and in 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 just training and being the best for themselves. But this Dupont guy, he he's he was mad with power and money and he actually shot uh one of the Schultz, the older Schultz brother right in front of his wife and daughter randomly one day. Um this story's crazy. Crazy crazy. This dude lost his mind, but it it uh um really good one. It actually lost money at the box office, but it get it's it lost money, but there's not a bad review on it. It's one of those weird things where i just think the sport of wrestling didn't quite connect with a lot of folks and uh, people weren't going for it but it's a really good cast um even if you understand wrestling or not it doesn't really matter i think the overall movie story is 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 really good um i think mark schultz ended up fighting in the ufc in the mid in the mid 90s late 90s something like that um he ended up carrying over to that, but it's uh it's really, really good. So that'll be my last pick. Right on. Nice. I'll have to look that up. I wish Mr. we were more rounds. <laughs> huh? I'm tempted. I wish we were doing more rounds. Can we do nine if we're fast? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'm let's in. go for nine. Cool. I, there's definitely ones that were going to be honorable mentions before my last oh, one. But huge now, ones. I was just looking yeah. at this. I'm like, oh, my God. How are we? No one's talking about this. Yeah. Okay. So I feel good about taking this one as right now. If you, if you don't take it now, I'm taking it right after. I'm taking Fight Club. Ever Norton. Not... What? Shh. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Edward Norton, Brad Pitt, classic. I don't understand why this necessarily falls under cult following other than this criteria. So part of the cult classic that we've already defined is this, that either it was a movie that didn't do well in the box office and and got a good following afterwards. This one falls under the category of people love this movie and just like people like it gets listed as like their favorites and i will be one of those people that say like i don't watch it anymore but i've watched it so many times that i don't need to if it's the same as saints that i don't really need to ever watch it again because i just have watched it to death 
but it's still what good. You do anyway. I will from I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but now I've kind of got the edge again after looking at the yep. artwork here, and I'm like, man, what an amazing movie! It really Honestly, was such a fun, epic achievement of a yeah. movie, of a story, of an idea. So. I feel like you could go to most houses in America and it's probably in the DVD collection somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if this it. is, I don't know if this was crib worthy of <laughs> when you look at the DVD <laughs> selection in the, in the crib uh, TV series. And we've got to have this, right. There's one movie kind of lying right. still got to have this. Uh, but it, this took Brad Pitt and like put a mainstream of just like, He's the biggest movie star in the world, and everyone should want him. And Edward Norton is, is in my opinion, one of the most gifted actors. Yes. Brad Pitt's the face. You know, he's more the more handsome, the more sexy appeal guy, where Edward Norton is, like, kind of nerdy, but, like, God damn, that guy can act. He's such a phenomenal actor. He's done some of my favorite movies, but enough of that, or else we'll never finish Nine in a good time. So. You- that had to be on honestly that was part of my low hanging but it oh, has yeah. to be in here oh, it, it has, has to be in here all right now i'd be remiss and there's probably people screaming that we're on the final pick of the seventh out of nine rounds and we haven't brought this up yet and i'm going to purely for that fact this needs to be in here I've seen it once a very, very long time ago. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yep. It has to be taken. I'm sad I didn't take that. I need to revisit it. It's literally easily 15 years since I've seen it. I uh, I, I haven't seen it in person um, like it, it just so well sitting down watch the video. I've I've gone to those like fun like Halloween time theater shows where, where they You've throw bread and rice. Mine and Amy's first date date together was that. Wow! Nice. We did a walk at the falls, and then she won tickets to it, and we went to it for our very very first date. And um, yeah, we dressed up. It was, was it a the good midnight t- screening. Yes. Oh, um, man. it was late. Dude, I I went to it last year. Here. Huh? You're epic with was talking about this right now. You're you're an elite class of of uh I don't even know, pop culture fans like it's it's a good time. But this past year I did photographs for uh um it was like a dance troupe. They they do it like stuff beforehand and then they show the movie. I I had to leave before the movie hit, but it was just it was crazy to do it and wild to be with that energy. Yeah. I'm t- I'm totally stealing Alex's thunder. I apologize. No, but... I can't remember what the hell is that actor's name? It's such a big name and Tim Curry? Curry. Yes. Who Dude. unfortunately is in very poor health. Yes, yes. Pennywise. Pennywise. Yeah. Dude, and Always, me and my wife, whenever we think of Tim Curry, is we will think of his. It was a two-part episode of Criminal Minds where it was a a bridge two seasons. It was like a cliffhanger. He has the most iconic, or maybe second most iconic role on that TV show as a serial killer. He right. is 
terrifying guys. He is so mm-hmm. good. There's not many roles that you could stick in front of him that he's not going to master. Oh, I know Blackbeard and uh, Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> Dude, he's every tier, like family friendly, fucking way out there, fucking dark. Obviously, with it, Clue. He's he steals he steals the movie. Yep. Clue mm-hmm. sure does. Yes, I mean he's in there with like big time actors, and like that's who I think of when I think of Clue. Is I think of him. So. My problem, because I prefaced it already, my problem with the movie is, like, I hate the music. I just hate it. It's I, ugh, And I don't hate musicals. I'm not an anti-musical guy. I love Oliver. Oh. It's one of my favorite musicals. And it's just ugh, time warp. I want to punch stuff when I hear it. It's Make- fun <laughs> once in a while, but if you keep doing it all over, like, I don't know. It's... Like when you're doing that show and then the whole crowd is like singing along with it, it's pretty cool. I had a guy uh, art at Ice, Alex. Yeah. Love Still there. Yeah. He he will go to it. They do it at the Riviera in Lockport. Mm-hmm. You know, they always do, you know, whenever we're on Halloween. And he's told me before, he's like, I'm like, I hate that movie. He goes, he goes, it's different. It's different. Just go. And I'm like, I can't, dude. I can't. <laughs> it's not for me. It's for other people. And I, I want other people to have fun. So yeah. that Alex picked it because, yes, that was the biggest. That, it, that started the cult classic following genre. Absolutely. So now, number eight for you. Do I let it slip one more round? I think I do. Yeah, I'll get it in nine. Maybe. If no one else does. That being said, here's the plan. Gonna head down to the Winchester, have oh, a pint, shit. and wait for this to all blow over. Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Oh, what a fun movie! Yes, sad though, but sad. <laughs> it is. Yes. Like I Nick can't Frost, help it. No matter how many know. times I see it coming. When, for his mom, every time for his mom, I'm like, oh, god damn it. Dude, it's the cutscene that gets you. I know, it is. And He's such a great be... director and writer, though. Yes, he is. But you got, like, Hot Fuzz, you got Run Fat Boy Run, you got all which, those. Which, they're fun, but they don't yeah. have the heart that this one has. This one has yes. serious heart. Well, like, Nick Frost, his best friend at the end of the movie is yeah. zombified, and he's just clicking on the controller. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things to quote from that movie is you've got red on you because his pen bled through his pocket yep that or <laughs> great scene great fucking scene do people even know what we're talking about because i just hopped all over it probably not i did say it though so for those that missed it Shaun of the dead was the pick Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, UK's most dynamic duo. They're so good. Mm -hmm. They did a few movies together, right? Like Hot Fuzz, I think was one. I want to say Nick Frost had a small spot in Run Fat Boy Run, but it was mostly Simon Pegg, I believe. I'm struggling to think of what else they've been in. I know uh, Nick Frost was in Fighting With My Family, which is an extraordinary movie. Mm-hmm. 
the uh oh what's her name the page story from wrestling oh yeah i forgot the name of it yeah fighting with my family he always uh he always lined up with me with like why why doesn't him and uh ricky gervais like pair up you know what i mean the world would explode it really Uh, would it would be amazing (laughs) it would be a great ending to this to the sad sad world we live in it would it would be an i agree actually he was uh nick frost was on a a episode of life is short with justin long podcast and some of the stories he gave on there and his accent included well fucking heavy in stitches yeah (laughs) it's so funny he's talking about like they're out in the woods shooting this movie or whatever and one of the older actors with him is getting pissed off because everything's taking so long to set up for the scene he's like let's just fucking shoot something and just freaks out it's fucking hysterical but obviously not having the accent loses it a bit yeah that's okay I, I I don't want you to try something you're not ready for <laughs> great choice dude great choice i mean it, it it's fun too because it, it spawned him actually having a career yeah you know what i mean if it didn't have the following he doesn't have a career so that's i love that that people that's, got that goes action. for both of them yeah, yeah for sure um, a lot could be said for that with this point, uh, this pick for me, I'm going to follow your, uh, lead here. I'm going to go with another British flick. Let's go with Monty Python's Holy Grail, which yes, funded by Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin because they believed in the writers so much, the actors so much that they funded the movie for it to be made. And without them, it doesn't get created, and it doesn't do great in theaters at all, really, worldwide. You know, the nights were saying it, it is not well received because it is it is so freaking weird. It is so so British at times. The humor, it's just a so web, eh? there's so many dry moments. There's so many over the top silly moments. I love when they keep cutting back to the the nights of the round table the dance <laughs> uh, that's my favorite scene and it shouldn't yeah. be it is it has one of the best endings of a movie ever with mm-hmm. the cops showing up and arresting all of them <laughs> out of nowhere which is just so epic i like the french the french guy on the tower uh-huh. french guy on the tower fucking kills yeah, me yeah <laughs> your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries <laughs> Go away, I shall taunt you a second time. And and the wizard, uh, you know, he says uh uh he says his name and then he's like, but my friends call me Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so 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 much. What do we I do with a witch? Burner. We we could quote it forever and uh yeah. would not get old. Hopefully enough of these listeners <laughs> have seen it. Matt, you've seen it, yes? Yes, yes. Okay. Good. Your dad showed you it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was a good family day. occasion. Good, good, good. Yeah. So holy grail. Um spawned everything, really. Life yeah. of Brian. Um 
meaning of life, which is something. <laughs> that is something. It, it's not like Monty Python, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Matt, are you balancing something on your head? That is correct, sir. It hmm. is a knob. Is it a knob? It's like this plastic St. Patrick's Day cauldron thing. <laughs> Looks like a top hat. Well, are you are you tipping your pick here? Well, I'm about to make a pick. I don't know. This isn't there's this isn't leading favorite, on to anything. There's a favorite actor of ours that uh, has a movie that's hanging out there. I wasn't sure if you're ready to. I don't even know. If yeah, you're... I'm probably going to be embarrassed when I forget it. Um, okay. All right, so I get these are my last two picks now. Last, my last all, last two picks all over again, and I'm going to make a run on <laughs> two '90s SNL superstars. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Crazy! This but movie had a budget of 12 mil, earned 38.8 million at the box office. Which is about right. Uh, Happy Gilmore is, that's where I got put on to Adam Sandler. I didn't see Billy Madison until way later, which mm-hmm. came out the year prior. Um, but this and Big Daddy um, were some big ones for me, but Sandler was goaded with this. I remember what, this one was a rental from Blockbuster. Um, just. <laughs> Just there's so many quotable moments in this day. You got the, I mean, you got the Bob Barker fight, which is iconic as all, you know, all hell. Um, Shooter McGavin and and just so much, you know, Chubbs, who they later included. He was in uh, what did they? What other movie did they put him? It was a Little Nicky. Was Chubbs in that? I think so. He had a small cameo, I think. I think he had a small cameo. In and there. both his hands worked. He had yes. both his hands then. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore as my first. And then my second one is a mo- movie that um, it earned about the same. Uh, but the great Chris Farley with David Spade. I'm going to go Tommy Boy uh, as the last one. A budget of twenty mil and it earned thirty two point seven million in nineteen ninety five. Should have been way more. Should have been. Should yeah. have been. That, that's a weird thing about comedies, though, man. You really look at like their numbers and stuff. They don't. They don't get the numbers like you think. It's 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 really weird. People are more like keen to like wait for them to hit VHS mm-hmm. than go out to the movies to see. It's it's so weird. And I guess I understand it a little bit. There's there's certain films uh, that just hit better in a movie theater, and it's usually those big action ones with explosions and stuff. Comedies, not so much, but I, I agree it should it, it probably should have made a lot more. I imagine if the the layout of today was back then with social media and all this and that, it probably would have blown up a lot bigger than it did. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it would have. So both, both those choices, as good as they are with the comedy, they both have such good heart behind them, yeah. which I think always makes for a better comedy movie is when there's actually a really good meaning or like 
just a really good feel good message behind it. Like happy Gilmore, the whole point of it, he's trying to save grandma. Yeah. Point of it. Well, what's the point of, you know, um, Tommy boy. Runs into Ben Stiller trying being to a save dick. his dad's company. You know what I mean? It's dad's company. I can't let dad's company be sold. I got to save it. Right. And there's a purpose behind it. It's not just a movie to be funny, just to be funny. And there's a lot right. of bad, there's a lot of directionless comedy films that, you know, that, that come out. But you, that is a good point that there's a little, there's a little bit more art style to, there's a little bit more art to the way these movies are done. So I, I, I concur. And that's, that's why they're so iconic. An epic yeah. cameo. I mean, you said it with Bob Barker, but then with Tommy Boy, you got Dan Aykroyd, who I think, mm-hmm. God damn, does he crush that role? He is. Oh yeah, he is so good. Yeah. And what was it? Was it Rob Lowe? He goes, "It's an air freshener." He goes, "Oh, good." He pinpointed it. Next step is getting it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. You know Rob Lowe. It's oh it's, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's some good appearances in here, and it's just it's cool to see like young David Spade. Now he now every time I look at him, he's just Joe Dirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was so good. He, in just, that. he just he was great, but no, like I'm saying, he just looks like shit. Like like not in like a condescending way, but he just he just does whatever. But this is clean shaven, nice clean haircut, David Spade. He almost looks like an entirely different person. He's- He's standing in front of that giant fan, that test that kicks on, pulls his wig off. Uh, <laughs> pointing at him like, don't you say anything? So good. So um, those are my the chocolate inside the dash. They'll really up the resale value. They're covered with a thin candy shell, President. No, <laughs> your brain's covered in a thick candy shell. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> <sighs> hard to live up to those picks. Hard to live up to those picks. I mean, I took an epic one, I think, um, for taking Monty Python. So I, I feel it's only right that I leave this draft by something that's equally epic. And I want to stay on Matt's theme. I want to take an SNL cast. I'm going to take the Blues Brothers. Oh. Bro, when you brought up what's his name, Dan Eckert, that's where I was going. Yeah. Instantly. I mean, there's a lot of movies here that I could pick. There's a few more Quentin Tarantino inspired or written or directed movies. There's some horror classics that are still hanging out there that I think probably should be mentioned, especially B level ones that are just like hilarious. Like Anaconda, sorry, Alex, if you're taking that, but just like that movie is. I keep looking at Anaconda. I'm like, oh my god, John, what a stupid fucking movie, but how awesome it was. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back. Nobody to- approached a snake movie that way until then. Till then, that's right, and they only did it once. No, they didn't. In fact, they did way too many sequels. Um, yeah. Blues Brothers is a movie that I watch with my father and my brother over. And over and over again. And at the time of this recording, which we're recording on a Friday, I was working some overtime at work today. And I was quoting this movie today because I can't (laughs) help it. It pops up so often. I just I find these similarities. 
somebody says something that's got nothing to Blues Brothers. Like, somebody said ZZ Top today. So then I start singing a ZZ Top song. But that ZZ Top song is actually kind of a rip of a John Lee Hooker. John Lee Hooker was in Blues Brothers. Bam. I have the connection. It's like, I can't help it. Like, this movie just finds its way of just, like, getting back into my life. It's epic. The musical performances are amazing. The the whole message behind it is just hilarious, which is these two bit crooks never do anything good are supposedly on a mission from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God doesn't keep him out of prison, but hey, what are you gonna do? Nope. Oh, <laughs> he's not a miracle <laughs> where he is. But um if you haven't seen Blues Brothers, it holds up. I'm telling you now, it holds up a million times over. And uh even though it was made in 1980, so we're talking about 40 three years ago. It's so crazy to yeah. say stuff out loud. Oh, it wow. Holds up. It, it holds, holds up. up. And just the car crash scenes are just hysterical. And I, mm-hmm. I love read about them. Like go look online and just read about these car crash scenes and what they had to do and how much, how many cars they crashed and stuff. It's just stupid. It's so fun. So my last pick. All right. I'm going to put Three out there real quick before this pick. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Breakfast Club, and Roadhouse. Roadhouse. We dropped the ball big on all those. But the biggest one, I think it would be a complete tragedy without picking is Pulp Fiction. Yep, that's the one. Travolta, Sam L. Can't really go wrong. No. No, you cannot. It pulled John Travolta out of the garbage heap, man. He he was it pulled him out of the disco. It it pulled him out of the only thing people knew about him at that time was he was a Scientologist. That's yeah. honestly at that point, that's all anybody ever knew about. Is that that's after Greece came out, right? Like Greece and all those yeah, movies yeah. came out. Okay. Yeah. This is Pulp Fiction Pulp Fiction's nineteen ninety three. I'm gonna guess Greece is like, I don't know, seventy eight or something oh. like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, that pick goes out to my buddy Finn Jiff. So, show him some love there. He's he's big on that movie. So, dude, like Point Break, Cruel Intentions, Secret Window. Point Break was was on my list. Um, Red Dawn is on my list. Mm-hmm. Shit, I could have pulled one from our last draft that I did with you guys. The Crow. Yeah, well, that's the one I was waiting for you to take. I purposely didn't take it because I thought you would have taken it. Brian, which one do you think I was taking? The one that I thought that you would take? Yeah. At this point, I don't remember anymore. (laughs) Y'all ever seen Secret Window? No. I don't believe I have. That Johnny Depp? Yeah, Johnny Depp's kind of like a psychological thriller. Suspense. Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe Napoleon Dynamite. I almost did, but it made too much money for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it, it is, I mean, it is a cult classic by definition. But I was trying to find those ones that were like, that we were like flabbergasted by the low box office. Like, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite was in mind. Um, signs I had in mind, but that made way too much money. Yeah. Um, 
and I think the budget was a little bit higher. I also had Halloween in mind too. Um, Exorcist. Those are like one A, one B. Poltergeist. Yeah, like like those are some big ones because Halloween was like I mean they took a huge chance, really low box off or budget. Yeah, massive, massive box office. And it stemmed a whole bunch of movies that really haven't lived up to the the, the thrills of the first two. Was that Carpenter's first big directing debut? I, I I'm not sure. I'm not certain on that. Not certain on that. The first one that pops up on here. If you if right now if you're listening to this and you just Google cult classic movie list, the first movie that pops up is Idiocracy. And here's yeah. my fun little tidbit about that I how did i fucking leave that out i know he was a, the the president <laughs> oh, was on my mount rushmore of president's list that matt and i did on easily president camacha yeah he was on mine <laughs> anyways uh idiocracy when <laughs> when they were talking to the costume director they said they wanted they wanted some kind of apparel to put on the feet something that everyone would wear that's like just exemplifies laziness and just just dumbed down culture take a stab at what shoes what footwear everyone was wearing in that movie was this before crocs it was what it was crocs it was crocs are you fucking kidding me no (laughs) i never paid attention to anybody's feet in that movie i neither did i and i and i recently learned this i'm like oh my god that's hilarious I think they get he, the guy that was talking about that goes even acknowledges like I wear Crocs. <laughs> Another movie with Justin Long. Yeah, dude, I Tusk. Think... I should have picked Tusk. No, you didn't. Shouldn't pick Tusk. I should have. It's not a hit. No, it's not. But it has a strange following. It does have a strange following. It's weird that you say that because I was just listening to a reel where Kevin Smith was on the Opie. Uh, podcast and he was talking about getting Johnny Depp to to be on that. He was like, someone asked him like, "What? Who would be your dream? Who would be a dream role filler for this?" And he goes, "Like with no money, no nothing. Like it doesn't matter." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Johnny Depp." And he goes, "You should do it." So he's like, "Okay." So you shot him a text, and Johnny Depp heard like he gave him the spiel, and he's like, "He goes, let me sit on this for a minute." He literally got back to him within 15 minutes. Says, I'm going to do it. No shit. The next thing you That's know, cool. is wearing a, like a giant dick on his nose. And it was his idea. <laughs> he was sitting there in, in the costume room and he was like, he's like, paint a blue vein on this side. And he goes, and then put a little <laughs> cut at the tip of my nose. <laughs> uh, honorable mention yeah. time, which we should get out of the way real quick, is the fifth element, I think, is some low hanging fruit. Uh, people oh, love that movie. For me, Event Horizon is low hanging fruit. That movie is bananas, crazy, so good. Um, but like super scary and fun. Uh, Matt, the one that I was actually thinking of for our actor that we both love is Uma McGregor in Train Spotting. And I've never seen that movie, film. It is a very hard to watch movie because it's kind of sad. Uh, about heroin junkies in ah. yeah uh but it, apparently uh Owen McGregor phenomenal in it i always hear over and over again he's amazing in it he is really good there's there's been quite a few films that i've seen him do and um 
Star Wars is like the exception, not the rule for him. Like he's done a lot of like very serious roles. Mm-hmm. Oh, serious, fun, you know, grounded ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listed a bunch. I mean, I, I as far as honorable mentions, could have went, you know, uh, Kickboxer I was thinking of. Which I watched back to back with uh, for the first time ever with my uncle Drew, who sadly I uh, lost a few years ago. Last uncle you could ever ask for. Dude was amazing, but uh, showed me Kickboxer and Bloodsport at a far too early age, which was basically <laughs> my story of my life. I see. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I was looking for uh, just for some. There was a lot of unique cult classic ones. Like people will look at the first Star Wars as a cult classic. They'll look at Rocky as a cult classic. I guess it's in the same lines as Halloween because they were so popular. They came out of nowhere and then boom, skyrocketing popularity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, nothing really too. Nothing really too crazy. Robin Hood Men in Tights was a was a potential. I hear that one from time to time. Goonies, but again, I was looking at I don't that as that too one. much money. It's Steven Spielberg. Right, yeah. right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I saw that so, unless I purposely avoided it because I was like, Steven Spielberg, whether or not people went and saw it, I don't understand. Like he already had a bunch of movies under his belt by that time. Right. I mean, shit. I mean, they already had two Indiana Jones movies out. He had E.T. out by that point. Like, crap. Like, he did, he did all sorts of stuff. My favorite uh, that I talked about doing was Showgirls, which was early in my list of movies that I saw boobies that I was like, hey, boobies. <laughs> uh, Wedding Crashers could have been one. Um, Bridesmaids was, was a really, really good one. I think as a cult following. Rushmore. Um, Rushmore. It's a Bill Murray. It's uh Olivia Williams, Bill Murray, uh Jason Schwartzman. I'm trying to see who was directed by. Would you guys consider Mortal Kombat to be one? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. For the original one, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I say no, Alex, is just because I think it's a cult following, not based on the movie, but based on people love that game. So we continue to watch it. But it is a terrible movie. Right? I don't know. No? It's not a terrible no, movie? No, I see. I remember coming home from Blockbuster with my newly purchased, already once rented VHS of it and couldn't wait to get home with it <laughs> i think it's one of the better video game movie adaptations but that's yeah. just me no i agree they're getting better now about it but well not the new mortal Kombat movie i thought that was trash but the original one from 95 is that was near and dear to my heart so i mean i like the, the premise for the Brothers. newest one the first Super Mario Brothers is the best. That could have been a call. Oh that God. was an honorable. That could have been an honorable mention. That definitely has a cult following. That sure as shit yeah. was not popular back in eighty whenever it came out. Yeah, I that mean, was like early John Leguizamo too. It was. Yeah. This list goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So many you could say. Like apparently, Scarface is, falls under this category too. I actually think Scarface kind of sucks, but that's just me. 
I think it had its own popularity aside from it being kind of like a cult following. Yeah. It's known the world over. I only know it mostly because of Cribs. Because everyone always showed, gotta have Scarface. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we did it. We did the thing as we always do. We did our top 27. That's a weird number to end on. Our top 27 (laughs) favorite cult classic movies of all time. And the winner is Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is definitely a winner. I would say honorable mention is Flea. Getting two picks, two movies in the first two rounds Flea shows up in. Okay, I just realized I severely dropped the ball. Biodome. Severely. Do you love Biodome? Biodome. You know know I love Polly Shore. That's nothing new to you. You know I have a a very special place in my heart for Polly Shore. Yes. I don't know how we fucked that. Any one of his movies, basically. And the Army Now is a great movie. Yes. Son-in-law. What's the the court one when when he's on jury duty? Yep. Uh, Son-in-law. All of his stuff. Right, he's an Encino mm-hmm. man, isn't he, with Brenda Fraser? Yeah. Yeah, see? And uh, the dude that ended up in Lord of the Rings. What the fuck is his name? One of the fucking hobbits? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think Sam? of Sam? Sean is Sam in the movie? Yeah. Rudy. Rudy Rudy. Yes. But uh, we could do this forever. As you can tell, this is, we definitely, Alex hit yep. on something that uh, apparently we all have a very special place in our hearts for. And um, I thank you for that. And I thank you, Alex, for being a part of this season as one of the trusted hosts. And uh, I couldn't imagine doing the show without you now, buddy. Oh, it's been a fucking blast. I do apologize for the last few uh, runs, but Life stuff happens. comes up. So. Yep. Life happens. Yep. It's uh, definitely been an honor for sure. Yeah, thanks for being a part, dude. This is fun getting to connect with you and um a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You're a good dude and a great, great, great person to have on a podcast, that's for sure. You're very knowledgeable, so you fit right in. And you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my buddy Matt love anytime I have a chance of chatting with you and the fact that we take time out of our days, our weeks to take a few hours to record together is always going to be special so of course i feel that way too because you know you and i we obviously we're not doing two point anymore so as long as we get something you know something where we can connect i think that that makes all the difference so that means a lot to me that's i know that's why i do this show is so you and i have something uh to put out there at least and i think we're good at it and i I think think Ryan's good at it and i know alex is good at it and I know you, the listeners, are the reason we do it. So thank you. This puts a cap on season three of Crafting and Drafting. Uh, thank you for um, hanging with me here as I don't put out episodes on a timely basis as I used to. Life gets crazier as we get older, apparently. This I was not prepared for. But I have a promise to make to you, which is I will never not post 
episodes as soon as I can. And that's the mm. best that I can do. It really is. It'll be about <laughs> every two weeks. It really will. It'll be, we'll try and stay bi-weekly as best as I can. But we are on hiatus until sometime in the fall. Stay tuned. In the meantime, uh, go and follow us on our Facebook page if you have not done so yet. Because this is a plan that I'm going to try and stick to, which is I will be picking some of my favorite episodes that we have done through three seasons all 49 episodes to choose from. And I will be uh, creating new artwork potentially for them. And I'll be resharing those episodes for you to go and check out if you have not done so in previous times. So that's something to look forward to while we are on hiatus. In the meantime, you can check out Matt's podcast. You've got the Aaron and Grievances, the Star Wars podcast, which are yep. me and Johnny Townsend and Matt, of course. And then as well as his podcast with Johnny Townsend, which is Retro Hop, which is every week. You guys do this every week? Yeah, it's bi-weekly. There's no it's way. There's no way I could do every week. Perfect bi-weekly episode to check out, which they cover everything from history to video games, movies, who knows? You know, you really never know what's going to pop on that, which is my fa- one of my favorite podcasts to check out. And then, uh, of course, the ever-challenging and in-your-face entertainment that is panel discussion, well, panel discussion, which is, I don't even know how to describe it, and maybe that's where I'll leave it. An abortion. We'll call it an abortion. We'll leave it at an that. It that You've called it that before. But if, if you love um, well-timed impressions of not well-timed characters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, in the meantime, you can check out me and Alex as we do our once a month podcast, the out of tune podcast, our music podcast. <laughs> we do with a few of our uh, good friends over there. Uh, good cast of dudes. And um, that's it for now. Um, I don't have anything else to plug, which is fine because uh, I'm ready to just, uh, Tone it down for the summer. All of you listeners, stay safe. Uh, Alex, did you have something to say? Yeah. Let's fucking go muck dogs. Sorry, I had to put that out there. <laughs> uh, Batavia muck dogs, uh, look, go check them out if you're in Western New York. Maybe you are. Uh, if you're not, um, thank you so much, honestly, for uh, listening all these years, especially this season. And uh, we'll be back in the fall. And in the meantime, y'all know what to do. Enjoy those beers. Mm-hmm.